What's up, people? Another episode of Just a Sport. I'm Jamoke Davis. Hope you enjoyed Monday Night Football, because I certainly did. Tom was terrific. Tom was terrific. Tom was terrific. It was great. It was great. Um, he made history. And I'll talk about that, because as long as a, a career as Tom Brady has had... There shouldn't be any more firsts in his career, kind of, you would think. Especially in a win, but uh, a comeback win. But there was a first, and I will get to that. There's no doubt about that. I'm also going to talk about World Cup. USA's out. And is Mbappe maybe the best player in the world now? I kind of think so. I kind of think so. I really do. Um, And I'll talk about that. NBA, are the Lakers back? Are the Lakers back? And are you buying Kyrie's? Is this the time to buy Kyrie's? They may be uh, a hot commodity right now, for better or for worse. There's no doubt about that. But the first topic that I want to talk about, and I may have a couple more things sprinkled in there, like... um, one uh, Trey Turner and why the Phillies are getting my ire, unfortunately. But you kind of can put two and two together. That was a bad tease. That really was. That really was. But I first want to talk about Deion Sanders. And he is getting a lot of hate on Twitter. And I don't just mean black Twitter. I mean Twitter, period. For leaving Jackson State University for Colorado. Let him roam with the Buffaloes. Let Dion run with the Buffaloes. And I am somewhat disappointed in the vitriol that Deion Sanders is getting. Now, I get that something is happening and there was a resurgence with HBCUs and Deion Sanders coaching at Jackson State, Eddie George coaching at Tennessee State, Kenny Anderson coaching at Fisk, Juan Dixon at Coppin State. I mean, these are big names, and I feel like I'm probably forgetting somebody, but big names at coaching at HBCUs that could bring some awareness, some prominence to HBCUs, and I get that. I do get that. Deion Sanders 
is very much the face of not just the SWAC, but HBCUs. He was the biggest name for any athletic program at at a historically black college or university. But the thing is, to me, is Deion Sanders, you can't be mad at him. Three amazing seasons he gave to HBCUs. Probably the first time really where it got excitement since like Steve McNair maybe. Eddie George was like, okay. But he really wasn't doing anything wrong here. For anyone to say, oh, that's why he ain't swag. I think that's a mistake. Because I would guess that the majority of people who have what I like to call, or I've, I've, I guess I, I've said it before. I've kind of stolen the phrase from something I heard or saw from, I must have heard it from Mike Wise. Shout out to Mike Wise, Washington, uh, D.C. legend. It's keyboard courage. Yeah, you can say whatever you want on Twitter, Instagram. You know, yeah, I know at Southern, they went at him. They clapped at him during the halftime show. But realistically, y'all are just mad. He gave of himself to an HBCU. Deion Sanders probably didn't have to go to an HBCU at all to start his college coaching career if he didn't want to. Be thankful, be happy, and relish in the fact that you were able to enjoy having Deion raising the level of prominence of an HBCU. How about that? Instead of always thinking of the negative. Jackson State's facilities were better. The stadiums were sold out. The team went 12-0. and 0. It was the best team of any HBCU. And they're going to a bowl game. Now you could say, oh, well, maybe, you know, he was making me believe that uh, a HBCU could be on the map. No. That program, was not going to be on the map in three seasons with the likes of a SEC or ACC, Big Ten, the Power Five. No. That's sad. And some would say, well, he's going to the Pac-12. It's not a really good conference. And the coaches haven't done done well there. I do get that. To me, what I am in some ways defending Deion Sanders, just the fact that he left. Because that's where most of the hate is, is that he left the HBCU. Okay, you could add to that that, oh, it was because he went to Colorado, but I don't think so. 
I think if no matter where he went, his exit was going to draw the ire of a lot of people. But I would come back and add to that. I'm curious how many of the people that are hating on Dion leaving, one, went to an HBCU. I'd be curious about the percentage. I'd probably say it's probably 70%. And this is somebody, I was a Division I athlete at an HBCU. Coppin State. Yeah, the programs were lesser than as far as facilities. But I was proud that I went to an HBCU. I didn't stay the whole time either. I didn't leave for a better tennis program. But I did leave. How about let's think about it from a positive standpoint. Instead of necessarily the negative. Oh, he left an HBCU. You're right. But the next thing I would ask is for all the people who were saying, oh, he left an HBCU, blah, blah, blah. One, he left for a better program. Whether the program is at the bottom of the Pac-12, that doesn't matter. He was paid $300,000 a year at Jackson State. Now he's going to get over $5 million a year. You're telling me you wouldn't take that? You're telling me if he would, was also saying, but I'm going to bring athletes with me from Jackson State and other athletes in the portal. Yes, he's elevating the, the stature of his son to now play in the Pac-12 as a quarterback, Shador Sanders. But how about all the assistant coaches that he's going to bring with him? He even said to the Colorado staff that is currently there in the players, yeah, I'm bringing luggage with me. So some of you may not be here. Some of you, it might be best for you to go in a transfer portal and find other jobs because I'm bringing my people with me. For better or for worse, how about we think about that too? And not focus on, oh, he's leaving an HBCU. That presents an opportunity for another head coach to maybe raise them to prominence. And it's not always possible to do what Dion did. Just look at Eddie George at Tennessee State. Look at Juan Dixon at Coppin State. Right? It's not going great. I'm happy that they're there, that they're doing something positive, but I wouldn't fault them for leaving either. Now Deion Sanders has a chance to maybe get to the national championship, at least be in the running for it. I mean, you talk about, oh, well, Colorado is actually, you know, they're not very good. Well, they're in a weak Western division of the Pac-12. The Pac-12 does have a direct sight line to the national championship. And who's to say if Dion couldn't do what he did at Jackson State, he couldn't do the same thing at Colorado. Maybe all of a sudden, if you're going to talk about, oh, well, there aren't many black students at Colorado, the percentage is below 3% of the student body. 
all of a sudden, maybe more students of color decide to go to University of Colorado to be a Buffalo. There is in everything we do, and I don't do it all the time either, there's a silver lining in everything. Anything negative, you can flip it and be positive. Any problem, you can bring with you a solution instead of complaining about the problem and talking about the problem. It hurts. I know you can feel jilted like, oh, we lost another one. And that's a shame. But in many ways, yes, it's going to take more than Deion Sanders. It's going to take multiple players and teams saying, okay, yeah, I'm also going to go to an HBCU as a player or as a coach. Where's the vitriol, if you will, for Herm Edwards, who went to Arizona State? Where's the vitriol for the top black athletes and I'm not saying I have the vitriol. But what about just in general, somebody goes to a PWI? Caleb Williams. Why'd you go to transfer to USC? How come you couldn't go to an HBCU? Zion Williamson, why didn't you go to an HBCU? It's all relative. Now, that being said, I do want more athletes and coaches to go to an HBCU. That's really important. But I hope what it also will inspire in the people who are mad at Dion to galvanize, to give back. How many of you that are out there criticizing Dion Sanders, either one, went to an HBCU and then as an alum, as alumni, are donating back to the school? Have season tickets to football or basketball. Or heck, go see a tennis match. I played tennis at Coppin State. I had like two people at my games. And my mom was one of them. Sometimes. If you're going to hate on Dion, then maybe that should motivate you to say, okay, let me do more for an HBCU. Let me donate money to have them be able to have more resources to turn around their programs on a whole scale type of way. Not just be mad at Dion and then once the news cycle rotates again and Dion's out of the news again, you like forgot about HBCUs. That's the difference. If you really want to support an HBCU, then the idea is not to get mad at Dion, but for you to support an HBCU. Keep those stadiums sold out when Jackson State comes to town. Not just because, oh, I want to see Dion and Shador Sanders, but because you want to support an HBCU. That's what it's about, right? At least that's what it should be about. 
especially if you're going to get mad at Dion. Especially if you're going to get mad at Dion. As Dion said, it ain't about the bag when he was talking to his players at Jackson State asking them to play hard in their bowl game, the Celebration Bowl. I didn't like how Deion Sanders was telling his players, hey, don't go in the transfer portal because you may think it's better on the other side, blah, blah, blah. I didn't like that. That's the one criticism that I really, really have for Dion because obviously he's getting players from the transfer portal. And you just left for Colorado, so don't tell a player they can't leave. That's the one big mistake that I think he made. The one big mistake. Other than that, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. I really am. Moving on. Um, something that I am not good with that I unfortunately found out last night and then reading about it again this morning Ugh. Trey Turner to the Phillies 11 years 300 million dollars now if you don't know Trey Turner to me he has the best uh, is it a meme slide ever in the home plate look it up it's just the greatest. I love it. I just didn't want him to go to the Phillies. I really didn't. The Phillies were this close to winning the World Series already. And now I think they're the favorites in the National League. And I think it hurts because any player that used to be a National and I see them doing well. I'm happy they're doing well. But I'm like, man, I wish they could have just kept the Nats together. I mean, could you see how great it would have been if they had kept that team together? Including Bryce Harper, who of course now is with the Phillies too. Ugh. It's it's just it's just amazing. I am seeing the National League East is going to be a beast. And the Nats are going to be at the very bottom and they're going to be looking at the Mets and the Phillies at the top and they're going to be looking at two teams that are made into contenders because they have players at the Nats could have easily signed and held on to. I mean, realistically, for a billionaire in the learners and they're selling the team, and I hope it doesn't go to the Leonsises. But if it does, it does. Probably is going to end up going there. 
not not even because I got something against it. I just feel like no one owner should own that many teams in one market. And even the leagues, I feel like they should be smarter than that, than thinking that's a good idea. It's a monopoly in a different kind of way. And I hope somehow it the deal is would be killed if it was close to being a reality. But let me switch back. Bottom line is the learners could have kept this team together. Even if the payroll was $200 million a year. You're billionaires. You could have potentially had a dynasty of winning not just one World Series, but three or four World Series. And instead, you just sold off the team. And I didn't even... I didn't even met, I wasn't even adding in the Atlanta Braves. So it's going to be a three-team race in the NL East with the Nats looking up. Just sad. Just it's just sad. It really is. And I'm happy for Trey Turner. I'm glad he went to the Dodgers first. And he was traded, by the way, to the Dodgers, right? It wasn't like Trey Turner wanted to leave the Nats. Just want to make sure we're getting that straight is the difference between why I have such vitriol for Bryce Harper. I really do. And I just don't want the Phillies to win at all. I was sweating that World Series. I'm so happy Houston won. But now, man, the Phillies look really good. Because they obviously have, again, still have Bryce Harper, JT Realmuto. Kyle Schwarber, Reese Hoskins. I don't know about their pitching. That's the only thing. I mean, they lost out on Justin Verlander, and they probably need more pitching. And there are a bunch of other players out there that they can go after. But, well, you know, it'll be interesting to see um, what happens with the Phillies. It really will be. And congratulations to him. Ugh, that hurts. Man, does that hurt. I want to say, as I switch to the NBA, congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers. I could very well be getting close to eating my words. But they are looking better and better every day. I mean, I'm sad it happened to the Washington Wizards, to my Washington Wizards. 55 points. 55 points against the Wizards. Oh my gosh. But the Lakers, 8-2 and two in their last 10. They've won three in a row. They're rolling. Now, granted, okay, they may, you know, teams, it's ebbs and flows, right? Everybody makes a run in the NBA. It's an old uh, saying from somebody on ESPN. I don't remember who it was. But. You just don't count out Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I guess that's what you say. I mean, on this East Coast road trip that started with Milwaukee and they beat Milwaukee, I mean, 
I was like, wow, okay, may, maybe. I mean, realistically, at one point, the Lakers had, what were they, like 2-10? and 10, And now they're 10-12. and 12. They are right back in the hunt for the playoffs. The Jazz, who were at one point in first place, have dropped precipitously. They're not now in the play-in tournament. 14-12 and 12 record. The Lakers are back. The Lakers are back. And I told you some time ago, I said, pick the Pelicans. Take a flyer on the Pelicans. They are a half a game out of first place. That's all I'm saying. Now you may have missed out on an opportunity to get some long odds. Maybe not. I mean, I know it's a little bit of hyperbole. Just a little bit. I got the Lakers at 40 to 1. Excuse me, Pelicans at 40 to 1. And then I took them again at 35 to 1. But that's my sleeper pick. Start flying with the Pelicans. They're 8 and 2 in their last 10. They won 4 in a row. And the thing that I like about them is they're actually not that young. They're young, but their stars have been around the block. C.J. McCollum. I know he's like salivating like, yes, this team is really good. You got the poor man's Kevin Durant in my mind and Brandon Ingram. And I mean that in a good way. If you couldn't get Kevin Durant, I would say, uh, you need to get Brandon Ingram then. His game is just as cold. And then you got Zion Williamson, who's unstoppable. If he's healthy and he's on the road, he's unstoppable. You know who doesn't have that? Memphis Grizzlies. Phoenix Suns. Memphis Grizzlies has some good young players. But I don't think the Grizzlies have anybody who could stop Zion Williamson. I don't. Phoenix Suns, they can stay healthy. That's the biggest problem for the Phoenix Suns. Denver Nuggets have never been able to put it together. At least not in the playoffs. And New Orleans Pelicans would be new to the playoffs. So when I look at these teams, I like what I see. I don't even think the Golden State Warriors could handle Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. But they have the best player in Steph Curry. The best player in Steph Curry. On the East, Celtics and Bucks are at the top. 
Cavs look like they were faltering a little bit, but they're steady. I'm curious what's going to happen with the Atlanta Hawks. A little rift between Nate McMillan and Trey Young. Ice Trey's a little hot under the collar at Nate McMillan. That may cause a rift. They're four and six in their last ten. Pacers have lost three in a row. Nets are the cream rises to the top, getting a little better. Only one game over 500. My Wizards are heading the direction I expected them to. Three and seven. They've lost three in a row. Bradley Beal's out for three games. I don't see it. I don't see it. But I am enjoying the NBA, though. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I, I really am. I'm, I'm enjoying it. And I bet you are too. Uh, sticking with the NBA as I brought it up. So Nike officially ended their partnership with Kyrie Irving. I wonder, you know, now he's no longer a Nike athlete. If that's going to raise the value of his shoes. It's really unfortunate. Phil Knight, the Nike co-founder, said, quote, Kyrie stepped over the line. It's kind of that simple. He made some statements that we just can't abide by. And that's why we ended a relationship. I was fine with that. But for, for better or for worse, I like the move by Nike. And the reason I say for better or for worse, because they're standing up for something, even though there are a number of players in the NBA and obviously outside the NBA that love to wear the Kyries. There were a lot of players wearing Kyries, according to Kickstats, 164 players and there are 450 players in the NBA have worn the Kyrie Sevens in games. And some of them, I'm not going to name names, they stockpile Kyries because they love playing in them. So they buy them up when they can and just hold on to them. And... Kyrie Irving tweeted, tweeted, excuse me, tweeted on Monday, quote, anyone who has ever spent their hard-earned money on anything I've ever released, I consider you family and we are forever connected. It's time to show you how powerful we are as a community because he's about to get some other shoes. The second most lucrative shoe for any player actively in the NBA behind LeBron James. He signed with Nike as a rookie. Now, when we talk about vitriol, like we did for Deion Sanders, I'm curious the number of people that will have vitriol for to the point that you don't wear Kyrie's anymore. 
I would guess a number of you are going to wear Kyrie's. You're not going to stop. And so then my question becomes, are you a hypocrite? If you decide, you know what, I'm still going to wear them. Are you supporting Kyrie's stance that he took by promoting that movie? And maybe you shouldn't be wearing Kyrie's. Or is it now going to be a... Um, a a covert way of saying that I agree with Kyrie, which you shouldn't agree with Kyrie. But I think it's going to make Kyrie skyrocket. Now people are going to want Kyrie's. I am not a fan of him or what he said or of the shoe. I personally have never bought a pair of Kyrie's and I thought he was cold hitting that three to win the NBA championship for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But I was never into his shoes like that. But if you believe Kyrie to be wrong in what he said, then you wouldn't get any more of his shoes, right? The price is going to drop. People are going to try to hurry up and get them off of their shelves so they can move on to the next shoe. Or the price may go up on the aftermarket, right? That secondary market. Everybody's looking for Kyrie's. Maybe that's what happens. But if you believe what he said is wrong and you don't believe that he actually does mean that he's sorry, I just, man, I think you got to you got to look look within. You got the keyboard courage. Well, you have the keyboard courage to not buy the Kyrie's. It's a different kind of keyboard courage. A different kind of keyboard courage. All right. We're going to the World Cup. And I have a one. There ha the games are happening during the week. So I am not able to watch, unfortunately. And I wish I could watch. But I got to admit, that with USA out, 
I just am kind of watching it now. I was kind of rooting for USA. And now it's just kind of a turn. It's a tournament. I know I'm probably in a minority and my brothers love the World Cup. My dad loves the World Cup. But they, I'm sure they're working too, so they're not able to watch the matches. But I'm okay. I'm okay. I mean, because there is enough scoring for me. And I can go on and on about this. And it's probably not fair to talk about it this way. I mean, realistically, it's like, okay, just tell me the score. It's going to be one nothing, 2-1. Two, two, you know, if we're going to see like 6-5, that's what I want to see. But outside of that, I'm just like, all right. I wanted to see USA move on, but the Netherlands looked really, really good. They were really crisp. And when USA had a chance to, you know, get close, what, it was 2-1. And like, what, five minutes later, Netherlands scores again and it was 3-1. I was kind of, I was bummed. I really was. I was, yeah. They gave it all they got. They really did. And I'm, I'm proud of them, but, you know, it's like, okay, whatever. I want to see Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi in the final. Or, excuse me, continue to advance. But the one thing I would say is watching France... And knowing that Mbappe is as good as he is, I feel like Mbappe, I wonder if he will have a better career when it's all said and done over Messi and Ronaldo. And I like both of them. I do like both of them. But in Mbappe just looks so good. Mbappe looks so good. Yeah. He just looks good. And 
I think when I... He's already got a World Cup ring, first and foremost. And then you... You think about the fact that he is... He is close to breaking Ronaldo's record and Messi's record for most goals in the World Cup in their careers. And I'm not really someone who's been following Mbappe like that. I really am not. But there are going to be some really, really good games. France just looked so good against Poland. They really did. And that England-France game is going to be... It's going to be good. It's going to be good. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right. I saw something happen Monday night. I saw Tom Terrific. Tom Terrific do his thing again. It was a thing of beauty. It really was. And the amazing thing, as I'm going to work my way back to some of the other NFL games, is that to think that in his career, Tom Brady's career, Tom Brady, y'all, It's his largest fourth quarter comeback. I mean, I just, I am just, excuse me. It's one of not only his largest comebacks. But it's the 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 latest go ahead touchdown of his career. I mean, it's just it's just simply amazing. Cause the other the largest one was in the playoffs against the Falcons. And so in the regular season, this was it. His largest fourth quarter comeback. You can't believe that, right? They beat the Saints 17 to 16. I remember I'm watching the game yesterday and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. They punted with like seven minutes to go. 
And I was like, oh boy. I I I didn't say the game was over, and I texted with my, my friends, and shout out to Casey Phillips. I hope she enjoyed the game. But I texted her and some, some of our other friends in a group chat, and I was like, the Bucks need to turn it on. And sure enough, they did just that. Marched down the field. It was 16-10. And then I watched them, the Saints, mess up again. The defense held for the Bucks. And then sure enough, Tom takes him right back down the field. I was just amazed. It was, it was, I stopped. I didn't even get my work done that I needed to get done yesterday. After that game, that is. I was, I was done. It was truly amazing. Now, what was amazing in a bad way? I got the Bills Patriots wrong on Thursday. Bills won at the Patriots 24-10. I had them favored. I took the Commanders over the Giants. I didn't want to tie. 2020, that's awful. The Commanders had to come back in the fourth quarter to tie it up. I'm disappointed as well because I think with what's at stake for the Washington football team, I would have liked to have seen Ron Rivera go for two. Live on the edge a little. Go for it all. And they couldn't do it. And now they have a tie. And I think it's going to come back to to hurt the commander's playoff chances. I did see that the next game, they have a bye week next week. And the week after that, they're playing the Giants in Washington. And that game has been flexed to Sunday night. That should be exciting. And I expect the Commanders to win that game. But that tie may come back to hurt them. Steelers, not done yet. Beat the Falcons 19-16. There's a lot that they have to do to keep from having a losing season. I'm rooting for the Steelers to at least end the season 8-8. Eight eight. But they may end up 9-7. Probably not. What would it? Actually, it wouldn't be nine and seven. They could be like nine and eight. You don't want to be eight and nine. There's 17 games in the season now. Packers own the Bears again. They win 28 to 19. I really wanted the Bears to win that game. I'm so tired of saying, oh, Justin Fields kind of looks good. And then they lose again. I know he doesn't play defense, but like, they just don't seem to be able to get anywhere. Vikings eat by the Jets. I thought the Jets were going to get it done. They had like eight plays in the red zone to end the game and couldn't punch it in. Vikings win again. They're 10-2 and two on the season. Eagles dominated the Titans 35-10. to 10. Eagles have the best record in the NFC at 11-1. How about that? Now, here's the problem. When I was going back to the Steelers, the Ravens, they may have lost Lamar Jackson. Broncos 3-9. Russell Wilson may have been the worst signing. 
The Ravens beat them 10-9. But that head coach um, in Denver will not last past the end of the season. He may not even make it through the rest of the season. Because you've got the Seahawks right there. Seven and five. I know the Broncos look like, wait, we I thought it was a quarterback that was the best thing about the Seattle Seahawks, but apparently it was a head coach, which is the opposite of when Brady left the Patriots. But back to the AFC East, if the Ravens, if Lamar Jackson is really hurt, that opens the door at least to say, because the Ravens haven't been that good. They're eight and four, but... They have lost some games that I was really suspect about them. I really have been. I don't know. And this is not what you do. And now you've lost. You may have lost Lamar Jackson for an extended period of time, and that can't be good. If you were thinking any way whatsoever that the Ravens had a shot getting to the Super Bowl, I don't think so. And my prediction is, especially if he is hurt, like long term, I think the Ravens let him go. I think the Ravens let him hit the free agent market and see what happens. Bold prediction. Bold prediction. Very bold. But in the AFC East, the Browns, they're five and seven. I mean, look, the Chiefs are gonna run. I mean, excuse me, the Bengals are gonna run away with it. They're eight and four. I think the Ravens are heading in the wrong direction. But I think if you look at the Steelers. They've got the Ravens at home uh, without Lamar Jackson. Maybe you win that. At the Panthers against the Raiders. At the Ravens versus the Browns. You can win one, two, at least three of those. And that gets you to eight and seven. It's got to not get eight and nine. Looking at my other team, the Commanders. I mentioned the Giants. I feel like I'm a little all over the place of what I'm talking about. You play the Giants at home. Then against the Niners. The Niners just lost Jimmy Garoppolo. But going east to west, probably not good. But it's a possibility. Against the Browns. And then the Cowboys. I don't see them making the playoffs. And as I feel like I'm in the minority when I'm talking to my friends and family who are all in love with Taylor Heineke. I'm like, dude, we're just going to end up another 500 season. Just stop. Stop with the Taylor Heineke. We need a franchise quarterback to turn this around. I mean, look. Apples and oranges, okay. But like the 49ers, they were actually trying to go with Trey Lance. They come back with Jimmy Garoppolo because Trey Lance gets hurt. And is out for the season. And now Jimmy Garoppolo's out. Which brings me to one thing. If he's out. If he's out. Well, he is out. 
And then you look at the Panthers who just released Baker Mayfield. Do you try and sign Baker Mayfield? He'd have to drop because of where the Niners are in their record. But if I'm looking through the uh, through the league and you're saying, okay, who needs a quarterback? Nobody needs another quarterback more than the Niners. They can try to say they're going to get by with Brock Purdy. But no one was talking about yay for Brock Purdy anywhere near uh, him being a starter. You just know it wasn't going to happen. If I'm looking at all of the teams and I'm saying, okay, who would sign Baker Mayfield? Bills, Patriots, no. Jets, no. I think they would stick with Mike White. Broncos, Ravens, no. Browns, no. Texans, maybe. Vikings, no. Lions, Jaguars, no. Bears, Packers, no. Falcons, I don't see it. Which, by the way, you know it's crazy? The Falcons, when I found out the Falcons coach is like the son of the FedEx CEO and Jeremy, son of a billionaire, and he's coaching a football team. That's crazy. Rams, no. Seahawks, no. Dolphins, no. Chiefs, Bengals, no. Chargers, Raiders, no. Colts, maybe. Cowboys, no. Saints, maybe. They're four and nine. Andy Dalton's not getting it done, and neither is Taysom Hill. Buccaneers, no. So the Niners may have a shot. The Niners really may have a shot. Best game of the weekend, Bengals Chiefs. Bengals, I think they have the Chiefs number. Now, the Chiefs still have the uh, best record in the AFC. So if the playoffs were to start today, they would still have home field advantage. But I guess the Bills have a shot too. So Bills are also 9-3. and three. But the Bengals needed that win. And they scored 10 if you can say unanswered points in the fourth quarter to come back and win that game 27-24. Joe Burrow to Chris Evans for the go-ahead touchdown. The Bengals may just have the Chiefs number, so the Chiefs don't want to see them in the playoffs in my estimation. Chargers-Raiders. Chargers need a new coach. And I've been saying that for a while. And I'm just going to continue to say that. Raiders, I don't know what's going on. Cowboys, I know exactly what's going on. The Cowboys are back. 54 to 19. What a drubbing on the Colts. Ooh, that had to hurt. That had to hurt. But it was a really good weekend in the NFL. It was just really good. I don't know about you, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. 
And if the Ravens end up saying they don't want Lamar Jackson, hopefully the team not far down the road on I-95 and the Washington Commanders will say, we'll take them, especially if they're if they're sold to another owner and the owner wants to make a big, pla- big splash. Excuse me. Yeah. I would take that. And let's hope it comes true. We need a franchise quarterback in Washington. Like, it's nobody's business. Like, it's nobody's business. But it's my business to say I'm done with the show. I hope you enjoyed Just for Sport. I'm Jamo K. Davis. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport, and Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today.